Hey there, and welcome to Pink Squirrels, brought to you by Sapia AI, your guide to the future of HR, HR tech, and big HR ideas. Welcome back, squirrels. Today, I've got one question for you. Do you like being ghosted? Nobody does, of course, which is why Steve Gard started the Circle Back Initiative, a joint movement of employers who have vowed to get back to every single candidate they interview. Steve is a recruitment veteran and has some helpful tips to share on candidate experience, implementing the right HR tech, and why you should avoid breakfast meetings at all costs. Let's do it. All right, Steve Gard, welcome to Pink Squirrels. How are you, mate? I'm very good, Nate. Thanks for having me. Now, before we jump into the Circle Back Initiative, which is, of course, why you're here, let's open first with an application slash interview horror story. That's right. We like to do this because everyone has uh, a story where things didn't go as well for them in the hiring process as they would have liked and you might have been ghosted or something else might have happened to you. But um, because you're from the, the Circle Back Initiative and, and this is kind of what you do, I'm really interested in your story in particular. So tell us about a weird or wonderful application process. What uh, what tops the list for you? The, well, there's one that sticks out of my in my mind, which was probably about 12 years ago. I applied, I was in London and um, I applied for a head of uh, recruitment um, role uh, with a major bank. I won't give away the name of the employer. Um, and things were going pretty well. So you know, the process was going smoothly and we got to the final interview. And after that final interview, we were sort of discussing salary, you know, notice period, start date. So, the, you know, all the all the indications were looking fairly positive, but I wasn't getting too carried away. Um, and then, and then suddenly I just didn't hear anything, um, for, for a, a while, um, for, for a couple of weeks and was, was chasing up. And then, and then I went to a, um, I went to a, a breakfast meeting. Um, it was an, it was a networking event at a, um, uh, an employer who, um, had organized it. So there was a group of, I think it was about eight or nine, uh, recruitment leads uh, in the room and we were talking, I can't remember the subject we were talking about, but we were eating croissants and just talking about a subject, but we went around the table and um, just introduced ourselves and we got to this guy and he said, hi, my name's, I um, can't remember his name, but my name's Dave. Um, I'm about to start as head of recruitment at the bank. At uh, the bank, no. <laughs> and I, I, I just went. I felt myself going really red. I felt really embarrassed. But of course, no need to be embarrassed because nobody knew I was in the process. But it was just shocking because I hadn't heard anything, and I never heard from them again. Um, and every time that company name comes up now, I feel, I feel sick sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't blame you one bit. It's kind of like your um superhero origin story, right? If we can, like, <laughs> that's that's where it all started. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, CBI is growing steadily in popularity, which is really cool to see because I have friends of mine. I was having dinner with a friend the other night and he said, I, I applied for this job and I noticed this circle back initiative thing at the bottom of the application. That's kind of similar to what Sapia does, isn't it? I said, yeah, well, it's funny that you say that because, um, you know, we're quite closely affiliated with CBI. But to see that kind of traction, I mean, speaking as a marketing person, it's like you don't get that kind of, kind of traction easily. So, um, what's the response been like? Particularly in the last couple of months, as as new companies have joined the uh, joined the movement. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because you know I start I started this in 2020 and um, absolutely you know if, if you told me then that we'd still be going in two years time I, I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't believe you I honestly thought it was like a 2020 project and you know if I got 30 companies to sign up that would be 
great. But actually, first quarter of this year, um, I haven't calculated last quarter, but the first quarter of this year um, was our highest number of employee signups we've had since we started. Um, so it just keeps on keeps on growing all the time, and you know we've branched out um, uh, globally as as well now. So you know empl- employees are loving coming on board. They're, I think you know candidates are definitely seeing this now as a as a really good sort of um, insight to the culture of the organization and that, you know, they actually treat people with respect and actually their application isn't going to be wasted and there's going to be some sort of return on investment. Um, so yeah, I mean, employees are loving signing up. Um, yeah. So what would you say to a company that says our brand is too small or we are struggling too much with scale or with volume, no matter how much we invest in candidate experience, we'll still struggle. So we love what we're doing with CBI, but we just can't commit to it at this stage. What would you say to companies that, that have that issue? Yeah, I mean, we, we I hear this quite a bit. And, you know, the, the, the reason I set up the initiative was to encourage change and um, really showcase what is possible. So the beauty of the initiative is that we've got, you know, we've got these, you know, Australia, New Zealand, we've got 185 employers. And, you know, we've got big enterprise organizations, you know, the Optus, LinkedIn's, Kmart's, Targets of the world who are hiring, you know, thousands of people a year. And then we've got, you know, smaller organisations that are hiring two, three people a year, maybe. Mm. Um, some some have got recruitment functions, some don't. Some have got recruitment technology, some don't. But they've all got this mindset that actually this is the right thing to do. Um, so, you know, my argument is that there there isn't an employer that I can think of that doesn't. Um, or we don't have some. We don't have a, an employer that's very similar to them in terms of setup. You know, if you don't have a recruitment function, we've got companies like that in the initiative if you're hiring thousands of people we've got people like that uh, employees like that as well so um it just shows it is possible it's just really down to making sure you've got your your right processes and and really technology plays a big part in this um having that in play and set up correctly it it sounds as i've given myself an alley-oop but sapia does really help with that right and that's one of the reasons why um, CBI and Sapio are so closely linked and why um, we love sponsoring CBI is because we both care about candidate experience, but it's just a natural progression, right? Once you've committed to saying, yep, I'm going to get back to every candidate, I'm going to give every candidate the experience that they deserve and that they certainly want, then our technology helps to do that at scale, right? You get personalized feedback to every single candidate. Every single candidate gets feedback or a response. No one's ghosted. And um, I'm reminded of a a story that I like to tout because it's pretty cool, particularly from a marketing perspective. Um, Walt, which is a food delivery service company uh, based in the Nordics, but they operate in 23 countries across Europe. Through implementing our solution, they're able to lift their NPS score by 44 points and that's for rejected candidates. So it's just solely those people that didn't get the job because they received personalized feedback, because that employer had solved the problem of, of circling back that it's, you know, they, they solve that problem for themselves. And it's like, that's the effect. That's the effect that you can have. Which brings me to the next question for you, Steve. You know, it's it shouldn't, you shouldn't need metrics to say that circling back is a really good thing to commit to. But for companies that have joined, I'm interested to know from your perspective, have they seen tangible lifts to metrics, applications, customer satisfaction, just general empirical, like, we love this stuff, keep doing it on the ground from, from applicants? Like, what have you seen from that? A lot, of the, a lot of the feedback we've had has been sort of anecdotal, actually. And, and you know, um, we're, we're seeing that, you know, 
candidates actually saying to employers, very similar to your to your mate, you know, we we you know we've we've seen the we've seen the logo, and I specifically applied to you, um, because I could see you were part of the initiative, and actually, you know, I know that you're going to treat me with respect, and it's actually a really good insight into the culture of your organisation as well, mm. and there is that, that ROI. Um, we've had um, messages from candidates saying, Do you know what, I actually put more effort into my application as well, so I spent more time. Um, tailoring it because I knew again there's some sort of ROI. Um, you know, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was wasting necessarily wasting my time, so I did a better application, which is win-win for everyone, right? Um, but yeah, we're, we're seeing sort of uh, it's, it's certainly with because we rolled out and created benchmarks to help organisations measure their candidate experience. Something we designed, uh, I designed it um, last year and rolled out this year, and we're definitely seeing. Um, some really good results in some of the circle back initiative employees. And we've got some employers on there that aren't part of circle back. Um, but, uh, certainly seeing, you know, um, some, some really good, um, candidate experience scores from some of those employers. Well, that's really good to hear. I, I think one of the things that's important too, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, Steve, is that, you know, metrics are important, but they're not everything. And that kind of anecdotal proof is solid mm-hmm. gold. I mean, if we think about it again, from a marketing perspective, cause that's what I know, um, there's a concept, and I'm sure you've heard this, Steve, known as like dark social, right? Where it's, it's you know, when a customer is thinking about purchasing your product, they have conversations that don't exist online and aren't attributable and aren't uh, measurable through metrics. They might have a conversation at the water cooler with someone or they might call their their uh, their friend or their colleague and say, you know, I really, I heard about CBI. They might have a conversation at dinner as I did with my friend about CBI. And those kinds of conversations are very hard to track very hard to prove, but they're absolute gold because as you say, it can be the difference between you selecting one company and not another. And that's what makes this thing so worthwhile, right? Like if you just focus on offering the customer the best experience, then you don't have to worry about metrics so much. You don't have to worry about, you know, is this causing an uplift of 20 or 30%? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, candidate experience is, you know, it starts before the employer even knows about it, mm. um, as you say. And, and, you know, for me, it's the absolute, it's the absolute foundation of good good recruiting, um, and good recruitment outcomes. It, it, I think, it trumps everything because, you know, you can have, you know, you can have a brilliant attraction campaign running. You know, you could have a good selection methodology, which is, you know, speedy and invest quite a lot in that. But if if the candidate doesn't like you or the experience, they're not going to join anyway. So all of it's for nothing. Um, so, you, you know, getting that kind of experience bedded down, um, you know, is, is absolutely essential. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think enough organizations really know what their candidate experience really is like. Um, you know, we hear of employers saying, you yeah, know, we, we survey our hired candidates. Well, that's, um. I've got, I've got a, I've got a saying. It's a bit like a radio DJ asking a competition winner, you know, who their favourite station is live or not. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're they're, they're going to say the name of the station. You know, it's um, it, you know, we got we got to, you know, you've got to be measuring throughout your process at the point of the experience and um, a, a, and everyone that goes through it. 
totally. I mean, that's hardly an unbiased sample. Um, I wouldn't be trusting that at all, but it's it's quite funny that, that people do that. Well, I mean, that's that's a neat uh, little link to this next question I want to ask you about, benchmarks, right? So tell me mm. about benchmarks and how that's going. Yeah, it's going really good. I mean, I, it, it's, um, again, if you told me two years ago I'd have a software product, I would have laughed even more than me laughing that, you know, that we'd got more than 30 signups to the circle back initiative it's hmm. so it, it really came out of some conversations i was having with employers who were saying like you know we we don't really measure can they experience particularly well we you know we we might do it for a month a year and then we got a load of raw data and we don't know what to do with it and we don't know if we're asking the right questions and then if we do get around to actually looking at it um you know, we don't know how we compare, you know, what does it mean if we get a seven out of 10 for application experience? Is that competitive? Is it not? Do we, you know, do we applaud ourselves or do we worry, you know, mm. and I, I used to think back to when I, as my kids call it, had a proper job um, when I was uh, head, of, <laughs> head of recruitment for a couple of different firms. Kind of experience is always there, but never really, never really got to getting to really measure it consistently and all the time. So I decided I was going to create a platform. Well, I designed the platform and got a developer to do it. I'm not a techie, but um, got mm. somebody to develop it for me. And basically, it's a it's a platform that um, you 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 set up your benchmark survey links that go into the candidate emails that you're already sending out. And what that does is just captures feedback at the point of experience, and then um, it displays that in a graphical dashboard. But it gives you benchmark scores for every stage of the recruitment process and every question that we ask so you can actually see you know if you do score seven out of ten for example um and our scoring is a little bit more complex for that than that but if for example if it's seven out of ten you can actually see well how does that compare to everybody else and then mm. you can filter down by industry you can actually even filter down by skill set as well as so if you're hiring you know software developers all the time you can see how other organizations um and it's it's it, the benchmark score is the average across all the employers um but you can see how other employers well what the average score is for other employers hiring software developers as well so you can see how you're comparing that benchmarking context i mean i know the product's name benchmark so that makes obvious um sense there but that context is everything right because you can be inundated with metrics and statistics and analytics they might tell you absolutely nothing about how your hiring process is going but you know a, a single metric benchmarks benchmarked across industries is sometimes it's all you need right yeah and i think without it it's i mean there wasn't any point in me setting up a, another survey platform right this is there's got to be you know there's got to be the, the reason i said that was for the benchmarking really um and and the ease for the employer to be able to see how they're doing but you know i've had a number of conversations with ta leaders and hr leaders that say oh we've got a really good candidate experience um uh because our candidates you know tell us so i'll go okay great fantastic how does that compare to what they're telling other employers and I'm like, well, actually, that's a really good point. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Mm. So we could be, you know, it could be a false positive um, and we're not doing anything about it. Um, and we don't know. And and it's not just about finding where you're falling down. It's also, you know, easily discovering how you, what, what you're doing really well so you can amplify that and, and become even more uh, successful at candidate experience. I'm sure that resonates with our listeners because one of the things we hear a lot out in market is that HR leaders are... Uh, finding it difficult to 
to um, prove and celebrate their wins, especially in the jobs market they're in right now. And so they're being asked a lot and they're being told, you know, we need talent now. Where is the talent? Why haven't we got the talent? And they're having to do quite a lot with a little bit. So being able to tell a, a, an attractive story is, um, I, I bet that's very appealing. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because the, the the way we've designed it is you've you've just got a graphical dashboard and you can just log in and see exactly where you're at. And, you know, um, we know TA leaders that are sort of sending those graphs and graphs out and that dashboard out to stakeholders internally to say, look, hey, look, this is how our application experience compares to the uh, the industry, compares to other organizations hiring the same talent as us. This is what our interview experience is like, um, you know, or equally, actually, we're, we had an employer that um, their interview score was, was below the benchmark. And mm. one of the areas that they were, um, they discovered was actually their benchmark score, their score against the benchmark for um, quality of how the interview, how prepared the interviewer was and how well they sold the opportunity in the role was really low so they were actually able to take that um, data and go straight to their um, senior leaders and say look we need to run some specific training and some interventions here to improve this without that data it would have just sat there I think and would have been a night yeah okay that's a nice to do but having that data was really really they were able to go and fix that straight away I imagine a problem like that's pretty hard to diagnose as well. Like if you're dealing with hiring managers, right, it, many of whom are not, they're not born professional interviewers. Um, you know, they, they have another job, right? Hiring is not what they do all the time. Um, and if you've got one that's not particularly good at it, but good at other facets of their job, if you don't have that data, you would probably just never know that. You'd never know where they're dropping off in the process, right? Well, exactly right. But also, you'd, I think it'd be really difficult, not really difficult, but it'd be a lot harder to get the intervention that you needed to fix it across the line because there's there's you wouldn't have the data to prove it. Mm. It would just be, a, oh, yeah, well, interview skills training, that's a nice thing to have. Well, actually, here's some data that says if we don't fix this, we are way below the competition. Um, you know, and this, this is going to impact our ability to hire. It's not just a nice to have anymore. We had exactly the same, actually, this week with a company who looked at their application experience, and that was low. Below, way below the benchmark. And when they looked at it, um, at the data that we've collected, they discovered that actually their mobile their mobile application portal wasn't working. So um, candidates were saying that we can't apply on mobile. It's not easy to apply to you. Um, they had no idea that was happening. They didn't know how long it had been going on. Um, so the number of applicants they actually probably lost um, is, is, is going to be fairly significant mm. <laughs> but they've been able to identify that quickly and go and they're already working with their ATS to provide it to, to sort that out and get that resolved otherwise if they hadn't have seen it they wouldn't have they wouldn't have yeah well, what's that old saying right um, the, the but, second best time to plant a tree is today so yeah that's why it yeah. goes so, so yeah. you've been a salary man and you've been or you are right now an entrepreneur if you like you've, you've sort of you know lived both lives and also as a as a veteran in recruitment um What's your advice to companies who want to make a change, particularly with regards to the technology that they have, but don't know where to start? You know, how do they navigate bureaucracies? How do they pick the right provider? All that sort of stuff. What's your advice? Yeah, I think um, there's there's a couple of bits. I think on this um, one is start with what you want to achieve, what your strategy is before you start to look at. The technology 
So often I'll hear, you know, I'm on a couple of different sort of WhatsApp groups and things like that. And you hear people saying, oh, you know, what's the best ATS? Or what's the best this? Or what's the best that? And it's like almost like, well, what are you looking to achieve? It's almost like me saying, what's the best mm. car? You know, or what's the best holiday? Or what's the, you know, it, it would really depends what your goals are. So starting with process, strategy, and mission is really, really key. Really getting that defined of this is what we want the journey to look like. This is what we want the candidates to feel like. This is what we want the hiring managers to feel like. And this is what the outcome we want to be. Um, and then start to investigate the tech that supports you or amplifies that even more, or actually can even enhance your original ideas. And I've, I, I'm a believer that you just roll the ball right to the top of the hill, you know, to start with and really, you know, dream big of what mm. you want to achieve. And then, you know, let it roll down on its own if it needs to, but start at the start at the very top of, you know, what what does our journey look like? You know, what what do we want to achieve? And then start to look at the tech and say, how do you how do you help achieve this? Or help us achieve this? Or how do you actually make it even better? It's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things that we've noticed is um particularly with regards to integrations with Sapia's technology, right? A lot of questions we get is, you know, does Sapia integrate with, you know, Workday or Lever or, you know, one of the other leading ATS providers? And we say yes. But it's, it's again, that question is kind of misleading in a sense because it's it's like saying, it's again, it's like saying what, what is the best ATS, right? And when what we encourage um, customers and those who might want to do business with us to do is to say what's your actual user story, right? As you said, so, you know, saying mm. I want Workday to integrate with Sapia is not a user story that that doesn't really say much at all. But what you say instead is, I want this particular experience when you open up the Workday browser, you see Sapia there, you know, their first interview is available there, chat interviews there and so on and so forth. And that helps you to see how the product will work with another product in context, but also help you to eliminate what you don't actually need. And there's a lot of features that you probably wouldn't need, um, you know, particularly with integration. So um, I would agree with that assessment 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think sometimes we just go down the path of what we're sort of used to. So all that integration stuff, yeah, it, it's, you know, why do you want mm. it to integrate? And so, so Benchmark is a really good example, right? I made the decision when I designed it, I didn't want to integrate with any ATS, um, not because I'm against any ATS, but it's because, or for any ATS, but it's because um, it was important to have uh important to be able to launch and run candidate experience easy. And as soon as you get into that sort of integration element, that's where candidate experience measurement will, will be moved to the side a little bit. So, um, and we wanted to legitimately say to candidates, we don't know who you are. So really give us your, your, your feedback. So integration isn't always the right thing. I, I think sometimes just making it, uh, things simple is often the, 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 the route. Um, and actually we're finding that a lot of the, uh, HR and TL leaders that are, are looking at benchmarks are saying that's, you know, I can actually get up and running the same day, you know, really, really quick. Um, I don't have to worry about integrations. I don't have to speak to IT necessarily. Amen. Yeah. Having to not have to worry about that, getting up in a day, that's, yeah, that's an attractive proposition. Um, one final question for you, Steve, what's, what's next for both CBI and benchmarks? We can separate them out if we need to, but um, what, what, what are your ambitions? What's next? What are you excited about with these two projects? 
Well, do you know what? It's it's funny. Um, I mean, but, uh, Circle Back is the most unplanned. Um, uh, I, I guess it's a, it's still a mission, but it's it's you know a bit of a business. But it's the most unplanned one. It doesn't have a business plan. It never did have. It was always a mission for change. And what we've done is really let the uh, that let the wind take it really where it wants to go. So you know we've gone to countries. Uh, or launched in countries because employers have asked us to do it. We've um, opened the agency initiative because agencies wanted to get involved. We've got more partners on, bo- on board because they wanted to be affiliated with the with the mission as well. So um, it's really exciting because it could really go anywhere and we've got so many more countries that we want to go into. Um, and really, it's just been me holding back... Um, <laughs> uh my capacity to uh, to, mm. to do that but uh, overall um my, my view my view when i started it my mission when i started it was that actually we want we want the can the or sorry we want the circle back initiative or at least you know organizations committing to response to applicants to be the norm yeah yeah um the candidates to see it so actually if you're not saying it in your job ads uh, or in your website, or in your email acknowledgements, or whatever it might be, actually you stand out uh, a little bit like a sore thumb. Um, so you know, we just want it to be the. We want to, you know, it, it's the biggest. It's the biggest complaint you hear from candidates, and it's been going on for years. And we've all been ghosted, and there's no need for it. There really, there really is no need for it. There's no tech. There's, you know, we've got technology to help us do it. Um, so I don't think we'll ever rid of it. Um, but uh, to get as many employers behind this and actually encouraging others to change—that's my—that's my goal. Um, and and benchmarks is really, you know, um, we're, we're we're early on. Um, is uh, a, a, again to to really support and make candidate experience really visible within organisations. So, you know, what I really like is those, like I mentioned, those stories of. HR and TA leaders actually showing the results to internal stakeholders that don't have anything to do with recruitment. That's that's that really helps to embed the importance of candidate experience. Um, and you know, we just want to get more companies on on board um, and and see where it goes. And of course, um, you know, part of that will be. Sapia and Circleback Initiative together going into the US. It's um it's a foray that's been under underway for quite some time, but um I'm really excited about the next six months, particularly in the work that we're going to do together. Because um yeah, as I'm sure you've seen, when when you go to the US with it with a product like what we have, um a lot of the response is, "Wow, where has this been? <laughs> where has this been for so long?" You know, it seems it seems yeah. so obvious and so good, but um so I'm I'm particularly yeah. excited about that. Well. We've- yeah, and we've we've had the we've had the US initiative um, running uh, probably about eight mm. months, and I've been trying to run it run it from here, and it's a bit tricky. So we um, we we announced this morning that I we've saw got that, somebody yeah. um, actually heard. Yeah, so we've got somebody on the ground in the US um, who is just as passionate about candidate experience and um, and uh, respecting. Uh, candidates as 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 we are so absolutely um uh brilliant lady called Ashley uh, Ashley Heard who's going to be um who's going to be uh who's going to be much better at it than me in the US um really on the ground and encouraging employers to to sign up and get behind that so um that's really really exciting and in partnership with you guys um 
yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a match match made in heaven, I would say, because we I think we're all we've all got kind of experience at the heart of what we what we do. Thanks for listening. Pink Squirrels is brought to you by Sapia AI, creator of the world's first AI smart interviewer.